This is Sunday School Online with Pastor Lance. In this lesson, we will learn all about church discipline. Get your Bibles and notes ready. Hi everyone, welcome to our weekly Sunday School. I'm glad that you have joined us here today. As we begin, let us give this time in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can continue to learn from you through Sunday School. May we have many opportunities, Lord God, to grow. And may you guide our heart and mind to put all these things that we are learning into practice. Forgive us, Lord God, of the sins that we have done. And we entrust to you the rest of our time in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome once again. And uh, by the way, our lessons are saved in our Facebook account, Bradford United Church of Christ. If you have missed, missed any of our lessons. And uh, they are also recorded in our podcast. Details of that. Is also in our Facebook account, so feel free to visit our account. We are looking into a series of topics regarding the church, and we talk about already the biblical symbols of the church, the responsibilities within the church of a local member, the sacraments of the church, the baptism and the Lord's Supper, and today we are going to talk about church discipline. We will be having two sessions for this, the first one today and the next one next week. So hopefully you can continue to follow us so as to finish the whole session of church discipline. Now, church discipline is an unpopular subject. This is a very sensitive area of the ministry also where uh, we apply the, the call of God to carry each other's burden and be it personal discipline or collectively church discipline these are uh, these are ministries where god has given us to help us grow in the likeness of his son jesus christ we are not perfect you have to understand it and we are in the process of growing in holiness and church discipline is one of the areas where god can use to for us to grow in righteousness if this is done properly biblically it actually yields fruits of righteousness in our in our life now because the reason why it is not so popular because uh, humanly speaking we don't want to be disciplined we experience growing up uh, being disciplined and it is unpleasant but with God uh, like our parents trying to discipline us it's a way for us to learn and grow in our life now our outline for today will be covering the first three and next week the last three of our outline we'll cover today what is church discipline what's the purpose of why, why we must do church discipline and what warrants church discipline that's for today next week we are going to look into the process of church discipline how do we go about it what is the manner what, is, what should be our attitude when we do church discipline? And what is the result of church discipline? What do we expect when we subject ourselves into discipline? Okay. Now let's start with what church discipline is all about. Church discipline basically is, is, it is correcting sin. And it is a measure of punishment or discipline in order to maintain good conduct personally and and as a member of a church of a church 
Now, Paul exhorted encouraged Christians to use the church courts, not the government courts, to settle disputes, arguments, and misunderstanding, and even sin present in uh, the body. Notice in 1 Corinthians 6, 1-2. If any of you has a dispute with another, do you dare to take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the Lord's people? Or do you not know that the Lord's people will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, why are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Paul is saying, if we are to judge the world, we should ought to be competent to judge disputes, arguments, and correct sin in our life. And he encouraged us, if we have anything like this, settle it within the family, within the body. Correcting sin. That's what church discipline is about. Another one is that it is all actually an act of love. You might not realize it, but yes, it is an act of love. God used church discipline as an act of love. My son, Hebrews 12, 5b to 6, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when He rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son you find here that the lord disciplined the ones he loved if god loves us he will not allow us to be wayward in our sinfulness and he used often discipline to bring us back that is an expression of love that is an act of love from god okay so it's correcting sin and it is an act of of love. Second question we have is why must we do church discipline? What's the very purpose of church discipline? There are four I would like to share. One is that uh, it's meant to redeem. It has redemptive, uh, a redemptive purpose. God's discipline always begins with a desire to redeem and show man his evil ways so that man will turn to God and be redeemed God be redeemed notice here in Matthew 18 verse 15 if your brother or sister sins against you go and point out their fault just between the two of you if they listen to you you have won them over you have redeemed them God doesn't want evil to win you over to their side but he wants uh, God wants to win us back to him and so when God is doing discipline in our life uh, we are applying church discipline the idea the very reason why we do that is to redeem that person from a life of sinfulness second restorative purpose restorative purpose God desires for us to be restored when we sin when we live in sin our fellowship with God is broken and when we sin, we also sin against our fellow believers, other people. And so, one of the purpose why we do church discipline is to restore the fellowship, help this person restore fellowship with God, and restore fellowship with people. Galatians 6.1 Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit shall restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. When God forgives, when, when we help that person to be restored, the fellowship of God, God forgives. And 
the same way with people. We help this person restore back his fellowship with other believers. And we do it gently. The idea there is like that of a dislocated joint where we have to gently put it back into place. Likewise, when we do church discipline. Because uh, when, when a person sins against someone, there's emotion. We feel betrayed, we feel hurt, we, we feel we're wrong. And we have to gently bring that back into place, the relationship, the fellowship. And so God wants us to restore that through church discipline. Another one is protective purpose. Christ seeks to protect His people. Other than, uh, this is uh, this actually in contrast to redeem, redemption and uh, correcting uh, the person who have sinned. Because the emphasis here is now towards the, the fellowship, the, the believers, the church. To protect the church from being harmed. Okay? Romans 16 verse 17. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause division and put obstacles in the in your way that you are that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. Do you believe that there is uh, in the Bible God actually allows uh, Paul to to discipline someone to be separated from the fellowship, to be excommunicated, and to be treated like that of a, an unbeliever? What's, what, for what reason? So as to protect the other members of the body. So as to protect the others, other members of the body. Richard Baxter said this, The principal use of this public discipline, church discipline, is not for the offender himself, but for the church. It, is exce it exceedingly tends to deter others from the like crimes. And so to keep the congregation and their worship pure. The reason why we do that is to protect others to follow in the same lifestyle, to follow in the same way. And he said, he who spares the guilty harms the good. Harms the good. And so it's important uh, that we do church discipline so that no one would follow uh, an evil uh, action, a lifestyle without knowing its consequence. Fourth, Corrective purpose. Of course, God doesn't want us to, to live crooked lives, but to straighten us so as to live holy lives. Hebrews 12 verse 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So when God corrects us, it is often unpleasant. And painful, just like being chiseled, no? like in a sculpture. God will remove things in our life, correct things in our life, in our ways, in our speech, in our thoughts, in our actions. Take them away. And oftentimes, when God chisels, He chisels, He gets to decide where and what He chisels in our life so as to bring about the beauty in the likeness of Jesus Christ. Corrective also. Okay? So remember, redemptive, restorative, protective, and corrective. Sometimes we think when we are being uh, disciplined, uh, 
we might think that we are being pushed away or it is vindictive. No, it is actually an act of love, an act of love. No. Third question we want to answer. What warrants church discipline? What warrants church discipline? And uh, every uh, case is different. When we take the process of discipline uh, to the church, there is no easy formula. There's no one formula for every case uh, or situation in, in church discipline. Every case must be way according to its own merit and we have to understand that not every sin requires uh, public discipline or church discipline and I have I, growing in the church and ministry I have to learn this also not every sin needs to be uh, disciplined publicly or church discipline Okay, for example, uh, if I if I always use the remote at home, no, and ch just change the channel without considering the feelings of of my wife, or and do it every time and be unrepentant about it, just change it, take the remote to the change the channel. That does not uh, that does not warrants church discipline. Okay. Church discipline. So, what warrants ch church discipline? I borrowed this from the Gospel Coalition written by Jonathan Lehman, so as we understand. First one is uh, a sin is outward. A sin is outward. And by outward, we mean that it can be seen and can be uh, seen with our eyes and heard with our ears. Meaning that we should not speculate. We should not go around accusing people of any sin so as for them to be disciplined. No. Remember that Jesus calls for two or three witnesses. Witnesses. So people must recognize such sin in a person's, person's life. Okay? So for example, a uh, person is proud. So we can be proud deep in, within, but it must be an outward case, an outward case. So, if you are struggling with pride in your life, you can do you can do self-discipline instead. Uh, instead of giving in and acting on it, do self-discipline. Repent of that sin in your in your life. Okay. What another one is to say is that a sin must be significant. Now, what do you mean by significant? By significant, we mean that a person could not continue doing such a sin and, uh, what do you call this? Continue to do sin and at the same time profess faith. Meaning, what you are now doing is putting in jeopardy your profession of faith. You are now allowing you are now your the thing the sins that you are doing is now uh, is now in a way for people to have difficulty believing that you are a sinner. I'm not saying that uh, some sins are significant, some less important than others. 
But what I'm, I'm saying is that uh, it is enough that someone questions our our profession of faith. Okay, our profession of faith. What's an example of that? Uh, if you leave your wife for another woman, that that warrants church. That's that that falls into significant. Why? Because uh, it comes into question your faith in the Lord, your faith in in the Lord. Okay. And another example, if 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 you are if you are eating selfishly foods at home okay eating selfishly foods at home and that's on the other side the other side of the spectrum like that well another example if uh, you're leaving your wife or another woman that spectrum which is more significant uh, of course leaving your wife for another woman that and in between that spectrum there we must uh, apply discernment and wisdom to see whether our uh, actions are now putting uh, question, no? putting uh, our, our actions now, uh, our profession will now be questioned because of our actions. Okay? Significant. Another one, lastly, is unrepentant. Unrepentant. Uh, that the person has been challenged but refused to let go of the sin in his or her action. Even if they would say, they, they, even if they promise to do so, yet their actions seems to be unrepentant. Okay? So, what warrants church discipline? Again, it must be outward, must be significant, and un unrepentant. Unrepentant. Okay. Now, D.A. Carson said this, that there are three things that necessitate church discipline, and this is also uh, found in Scripture. First, major moral issues, sexual immorality, those kinds of things. Major doctrinal issues, meaning false teaching. And major lawlessness characterized by divisiveness, division. And these are three things that necessitates church discipline now when it comes to this these three it should not be just one but it should be all of them it should be all of them it's not enough that it's just outward but it, but it's not significant and repentant no it must be all three of them okay must be all three now that will be our last slide again going back uh, what are those things that we've learned Church discipline is correcting sin. It is an act of love. Uh, we do it because uh, the purpose is to redeem, to restore, to protect, and to correct. Corrective purpose. And what warrants church discipline? It must be outward, can be seen, can be heard, and can be attested by two or three. Significant uh, that uh, our actions uh, put into question our profession of faith and unrepentant when we are given the opportunity to change our ways and still continue to hold on to living a sinful lifestyle. That's unrepentant. Now, 
in regards to church discipline, as we close our time of lesson, let's try to examine ourselves. Let's try to examine ourselves. Is there any sin in your life that you are hiding from the Lord? Because uh, what we try to cover, God will unravel. And before that happens, I want to, to encourage you to come to the Lord and ask for His forgiveness. Repent of your sins. For God is a forgiving God. He is a loving God. He's a gentle God. And when we come to Him in repentance, when we don't harden our heart, God forgives us of our sins. Do not wait for the Lord's judgment to come. Do not wait. But come to Him and seek His mercy. Next week, we are going to look into the other uh, three questions, the second half of our lesson outline. And hopefully, you can continue to come and join us. So, by the way, if you have any questions of any kind regarding to our topic, uh, feel free to write down in our comment section so that we can address your question and that hopefully next week we can uh, address it here in our Sunday school. Or we cannot cover everything with the limited time and limited interaction. So if you have any questions, feel free. We'd like to help you grow in the Lord. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to uh, learn uh, the topic of church discipline. Help us, Lord God, to be subject to your discipline in our life. And help us not to harden our heart, but be softened to your leading and to your molding so that we become, may become the likeness of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, O Lord. And may you be with us all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, Amen. See you once again next week. God bless. For more biblical, inspirational content, please check out our social media accounts found in the description. Thank you and God bless.